0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to The Licensing Podcast. Today, I would like to introduce you to my very first guest and the future co-host of The Licensing Podcast, Jared Saltzman. I've known Jared for years. He's a unique individual who grew up in apparel licensing industry in Canada, in entertainment, sports, and in brand. He eats, breathes, and sleeps licensed products. Jared is going to enlighten us with some great stories, opinions, and some perspective on the Canadian licensing business, as well as some thoughts about the industry in general. Now, without further ado, welcome to our premier episode of the Licensing Podcast.
1: How you doing, Mark? Thanks for having me on the show. Not too bad. How about you, Jared? How you doing? I'm good. I wasn't sure if that was my cue to speak or you had more to say or whatnot. So, yeah, we're going to get used to this as we uh, go along, right? Exactly. I mean, we're all <laughs> in pains, right? So, anyway,
0: uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And look forward to uh, doing a lot more of these. So, yeah, let's just get right into it. So, why don't we start by you telling me a bit about yourself and how you got into apparel and licensing
1: business business okay I'm Jared I've been in the licensing product licensed product business for two and a half decades or so I I got into it by accident Um, I grew up in my family's business my both my grandfathers were entrepreneurs my father my uncle a lot of long line of entrepreneurs in my family Um, never really aspired to be in the family business growing up in the 80s Uh, but uh, in the stock market crash of 1989 caused the company to look in different directions and uh, uh, my family's business they were they became a distributor for this sporting goods company um, a a brand called the game and I remember when my uncle was trying to sell a program of NCAA basketball head hats into Zellers. Zellers is obviously not around anymore. Um, he no, had, they're pretty much exclusive. They were exclusively <laughs> in Canada as well. <laughs> Thank you for those of you who don't live in Canada. <laughs> that's true. Zellers is long gone. But um, he was trying to put together a program for the buyer of NCAA teams. And he had no idea what teams... To, to buy. So uh, I was 17 at the time and he called me and I gave him a quick education on everything Duke and North Carolina and Georgetown and UNLV was undefeated at the time. And so he put in this program of hats and t-shirts and it sold really well and Zellers repeated two or three times and my uncle kept telling me how awesome it was and could, you know, could I stay on top of the teams. So that's really what got me excited in the licensed product business. I I ended up joining the company in 92, three years later, uh, just before my 20th birthday. And literally six weeks later, uh, the Blue Jays won the World Series and we had the license to print Blue Jays merchandise. Well, that was a good time to be in the licensing business, especially with uh, sports licensing in
0: Toronto and in Canada, because basically they were Canada's team. Apart from the Expos, there were only two teams in Canada at the time.
1: Well, interesting that you said that. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows the Blue Jays won the World Series in '92 and '93, and uh, the Expos were going to were well on their way to go to the World Series in '94 when the strike happened, and uh, it was the hockey strike in '94 and the baseball strike of '94 that caused the company to look in other directions, and that's when we started. Like, I, I joined the company because I was selling Blue Jays and Maple Leafs merchandise, but. I found myself all of a sudden selling stuff like Dudley the Dragon and Sailor Moon and Barbie and I was like, what the I that was not what I signed up for. <laughs> Dudley the Dragon's no longer around,
0: well not that much anyway. I haven't heard much from Dudley the
1: Dragon. <laughs> I can't even believe that I remember his name let alone that uh, it was an actual property, but I don't even remember what color he was. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I grew up in the family business, and um, you know, I, I I learned my way around licensing and product development, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I ended up uh, leaving the company a few years later, '98, uh, literally because uh, I wasn't into uh, the the the. I don't know, Barbie and Sailor Moon. I guess. suddenly the of, dragon yeah. lost his appeal. I guess. <laughs> so I left and uh, tried a couple of different things, and that's where you and I met at another stop along the along the lines. And uh, eventually, I started my own company, which uh, which did pretty
0: well. You were uh, partnered with a with a big contingent out of the United States for a while, and yeah, and then you you moved along. So. Let's, uh, let, let's see, what, what's your favorite thing about licensing?
1: My favorite thing about licensing? Well, I mean, what I learned from my experience in the family business, especially in, in the World Series, I mean, I, I grew up thinking that I was going to be, I had these aspirations of becoming a professional athlete which is the world's greatest joke now. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I recognized through that experience in the 92 World Series, 93 World Series, through licensed products, I was able to keep one foot in the door and be close to my sporting heroes and you know, eventually that turned into movies and TV shows and rock bands. And so the, the, what I like the most about licensing is it gives me a little bit more access to stay close to the pop culture heroes that we, uh, we love and revere every day. So just as an aside to that question, in terms of pop culture, who would you
0: say is your favorite? My favorite what? Your favorite, say, current character or past character. Uh,
1: movie character or TV character? I mean, it's such a... <laughs> such a, <laughs> such a it's it's pretty kind of question to answer. So, I mean, yeah. so let's go with... Interesting. Was that, a, was that a sign from the licensing gods? That, that is that, a sign that from I'm the licensing. Supposed to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, it, it, this isn't
0: uh, this isn't focused on me, so we're, we don't have to speak about Star Wars. But
1: if you want to talk about Star Wars, I'm all over it. Well, um, so Star Star Wars Star Wars was uh, one of the special treats that I got um, when I was just before I left the family business. Um, in '97, we were all vying for the license for the uh, prequel, the Star Wars prequel, the Phantom Menace. I think we just had the 20-year anniversary of the Phantom Menace. Yeah, May something uh, two, uh, 1999. Well, p- rewind two years prior to that, we were uh, all the prospective licensees went to uh, San Francisco to Lucas's George Lucas's ranch in uh, San Rafael. And um, we all got to get a tour of the facility. He had his own um, fire station on the lot just because of you know the wildfires in California in the, in the summer and whatnot. Was it manned by stormtroopers? It, it, w- it was not, but um, <laughs> there was a giant... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they had, they, they had just won the... Academy Award for, uh, sound is, I believe it was sound design or musical score for Saving Private Ryan. So that was like uh, 1997. And so, uh, it was really cool to watch Jar Jar Binks and all the other Star Wars prequel Phantom Menace stuff come to life from 97 to 99. Uh, that was one of the treats and, you know, I, you you know, what Star Wars has gone on to represent now. Yes. It's, uh pretty awesome massive it was a a huge acquisition for disney and the way they've
0: built it out has been absolutely incredible
1: um yes i believe they paid just over four billion dollars for the Lucasfilm uh franchise and uh rumor has it they made it all back in the first two movies Which
0: I I think they probably by now with foreign sales and with... Oh, uh, now. I mean, mean, they probably made it back with the
1: first (laughs) move. Like, literally, that was a great investment. Exactly.
0: Um, So, what do you see moving forward as challenges to the licensing business? So, now and in the coming years? Uh,
1: Well, I think the licensing business will continue to evolve. It's a very mature business from uh, when I started back in 92. Um, The leagues and the movie studios and the television studios have all gotten really good at this. Uh, It's the consumer portion of it. You know, the consumer's tastes are ever-changing. How we deliver content, how we deliver products. I think the physical product versus the digital product is going to be the struggle or, or the challenge going forward. How do we make this whole omni-channel thing work? How do we get experiential retail involved? Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, they're not gonna stop making movies and, and records and TV shows and video games. so. I think the uh, industry as a whole has a very prosperous future ahead.
0: Well, I think the other thing to look at in that respect is, I mean, you touched right on it. I think in terms of retail, experience is going to be a big part of that. Um, anything that you've seen recently that really kind of would help with the experience for retail kind of uh, merging that pop culture with the experience of purchasing
1: um People's favorite uh, characters or toys, or yeah, you know, I—it's an interesting question that you pose. Um, now more than ever, I think that you've got you've got two converging ideas or two converging populations, if you will. You've got the older population who are just present company included—we're in our 40s or we're older and we're just used to doing things a certain way, and, and you know every Monday morning we look at our results on our sell-throughs and we see the box office every day and, and every week, and, and we just go about our business, but there's this whole other generation. I mean, everyone calls them millennials. I'll call them the younger generation for the sake of this conversation. I've, I've, I've mentioned this to a number of people. I can't remember if we've had this conversation or not, but it's for the first time ever where there's this quid pro quo between the older generation and the younger generation. Like we've, you and I grew up in, a, in an environment of competition where everybody was protecting their own ass and uh, competing for jobs and, and, and keeping information to themselves and trying to uh, get ahead in the industry. Today, it's way more about collaboration and sharing and social media and look at me and and, and you know the older generation doesn't really know how to handle the technology that the, the younger generation understands, and the younger generation doesn't know how to break into an industry like we're in, or how to get started, or you know some of the business acumen that we've learned over our career. So I think for the first time in in, in generations. There's this quid pro quo where we can we can teach the younger generation something and at the same time they can teach us something.
0: That's a really great way of looking at it. Um, Yeah, I've seen a lot of I've run into a lot of the let's call them the new guard who there's just a lot we can learn from them. And I, I I 100% agree, and it's a really really good observation.
1: Well, you're the you're the creative genius behind Rex Novus, so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> why don't you tell everybody what your your brainchild Rex Novus, what we did there? Oh uh, well, basically, I mean,
0: we really wanted to find a way to. To give back and and how? Oh wow, that that's so. <laughs> I didn't mean to throw you off. <laughs> no, but that that's a give back is such a it's it's a word that's thrown around so easily right now. But I mean, it, basically, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to you know do what we can, you know, in increments to help the environment to uh, to you know promote sustainability. So we started to think about what, what can we do in terms of what we're able
1: to do to help so well that that that's a great point that stemmed from the fact that we've realized that there's been a lack of new um people coming into our business Mm -hmm. right and we at our last networking event we identified the fact that it was difficult to get into this business because not many people know that this type of business even exists exactly and so uh, why we wanted to do this right like you know we, we don't have to be shy about it we've made tons of mistakes in our career yeah. we have trusted the wrong people <laughs> we, we've been on the wrong properties we've been on the wrong retailers we've made all kinds of mistakes uh, with, with each other and ourselves and whatnot and we thought what better way to give back than if we can find somebody who wants to come into this business we can help them get started absolutely and i really do think that if
0: there's something that we can teach to the to the next generation or the new guard that's coming up now then you know it's going to be uncovered here on this podcast because we're going to hopefully be speaking with a lot of great people with a lot of great insights and a lot of um, outstanding experience that we can then, you know, relay that to everybody else. And hopefully we can do it in a pretty entertaining way too. So yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And it's it's something that we can, we can grow into a larger community. Okay. All right, so back to the interview. (laughs) (laughs) Well said, Mark. Um, What do you think is the driving force between why people gravitate towards licensed products rather than, say, something that's just generic, like a a plain white t-shirt?
1: Okay, I'll I'll give you an example. Um, 1994, okay? Uh, I was working in the family business, and they had... They, they they took me off. They took me out of the warehouse and put me on the road. And uh, we had a rep. Walmart had just come into the market. Okay, it was ninety four, and and the rep couldn't get a meeting with Walmart. And we had this license called Goosebumps, which I think everybody's familiar with. the, yes. the books by R. L. Stein. hmm And we had we had this uh, we had this license, and the rep couldn't get in. And so, uh, they told me I, I wanted a shot. I wanted a shot at getting to, at, at, call, at calling this buyer. And so, the buyer I called the buyer. The buyer picked up on the first ring. And I said, hi, it's Jared Saltzman calling from such and such. And he said, who? I said, Jared Saltzman calling from, and he said, who? Who is this? I said, I'm the guy with the Goosebumps license. I sell Goosebumps hats. He's like, oh, well, why didn't you say so? When can you come in? Mm -hmm. So the power of licensing, you know, nobody knows who Jared Saltzman is, but everybody knows who Spider-Man and Darth Vader and R2-D2 and uh, all, you know, all the superheroes. So. That's why I think everybody gravitates. It's amazing how many
0: doors that actually opens. When you you have the right
1: license, it... it, I'm not a creative genius like you. (laughs) um, I'm I'm relying on all my superhero friends to get me into the door.
0: Well, it's strange because I can tell you, it actually goes the other way too. Because a couple of years ago, when I was in Subscription Box, and I was at the Licensing Expo, and all the subscription boxes we were we were we were the darlings of the industry and we had people chasing us down to give us fantastic deals on licensing for subscription box nobody really knew where it was going to go but it was a new um, form of retail it was a new category and i think that everybody was very excited about it Died down a little bit since then, but I mean, it's still there, and I think that that's what's happening. And that this we are in an age of new ideas all the time, and I think that that new ways to uh, sell products, new products.
1: I think that uh, Mark, we're in the storytelling business, right? Yeah. Like this whole industry is is created through telling stories, and, and obviously through different mediums. It can be a song it can be a movie it can be a television show it can be a video game but at the end of the day when you do a post-mortem on all these ips uh, it's it's somebody dreaming and telling a story exactly and that's the magic behind what we do every day and people fall in love with those stories i, I mean think about it
0: you have something like let's Take it back to Star Wars. No, and you know what? I don't even I don't
1: even want to go back that far. Let's go back a week. I've never seen an episode myself, but let's talk about Game of Thrones. (laughs) I talk about a polarizing season. I mean, eight seasons. Apparently, the first seven seasons were amazing. And, you know, I check in with my friends. I can't watch everything. And my wife has an aversion to uh, television shows where she can't understand what they're saying. And (laughs) and this, unfortunately, falls into that category. Um, She doesn't like accents. And so I miss out on a lot of of, uh, projects that I can't watch with my wife. But... I've never seen anything like this. So polarizing. Like they people were picketing. They are hating the eighth season, and like that didn't happen in the nice. Star Wars movies. That didn't happen when we were growing up. You don't get to. You don't get your say on how the studio ends the season or the series. It's none of your business. You take it and you move on.
0: There's a million signatures on the petition to rewrite season
1: eight. <laughs> I don't. I don't doubt it. I mean, I, I believe the that that uh, legendary battle. That they were talking about a few weeks ago. Yes, that battle came out on that that Sunday night was the w- the opening weekend of uh, Endgame, and I remember talking to everybody that had seen Endgame that weekend and then waited for the Game of Thrones for, for that episode, and they all told me that the the battle on Game of Thrones was better than Endgame. Like they're everybody. Yeah. Like it was it was unanimous, <laughs> and then to see it, and I'm like, wow, this show must be unbelievable, and to see where it went. Yeah. <laughs> and to see like to check in with those same people 3 or 4 weeks later to find out like this is the worst season ever. I mean, we these are challenges that we didn't have 10 years ago. Yes. But I mean, in terms
0: of licensing, it's it's very interesting because it, I mean, it brings up something that I'm thinking. Of. It's like it's almost like it gives it extra life. Because you can see all of everything that's happening on, uh, on Twitter and YouTube and everywhere else. I mean, I turn on YouTube and there are my first 20 videos are about Game of Thrones. Right. And should it be rewritten, the good things, like analysis after analysis, after analysis. And it's absolutely incredible. and it takes on a life of its own. Any great IP right now seems to take on its own life.
1: Hey, listen, I I don't know where technology is going to go. All I know is if it's anything like the last 20 years, it's going to be pretty ridiculous in a good way. I mean, you could have television shows where, and there's already video games like it where you can decide. You know, you're, you're, the, the story continues down this path and then you get to a fork in the road and you get to decide which way the story goes, this way or that way. I can see that going to the next level.
0: Well, I mean, Netflix put out yes. a a
1: show with, That's right. uh, with, with Black Mirror.
0: End, with alternate endings. With, and they had, it was like a choose your own adventure. Yeah. So, I mean, that was an interesting test And it's, it, it's cool to see people trying these new things. And like I said, it's it's... It's something that you can you can just it's incredible to watch and see what's going to come next. Did you like Endgame? Endgame? I loved Endgame. I thought I thought it I thought it was a really really interesting development on how how they. I don't want to put any spoilers for it, here, <laughs> but I'm sure everybody in our industry has seen it anyway. But. I thought the way that they ended it off, the way that they, the, the twists and turns, I thought that they did a fantastic job. I thought the writing was great, and I thought for a uh, 10-year franchise with 22, 20, I think 22 movies, I think they did a fantastic job. Excellent. So, what was your personal thought on Endgame?
1: Yeah, it was, it was bittersweet. I was sort of sad to see it go. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent the last 10 years really growing with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It became my favorite thing to watch, uh, starting with Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. in 2009. And, uh, you know, I, I, was a, I was a big fan of Jon Favreau growing up. Swingers was one of my favorite movies. <laughs> and so, you know, to see him do that with Iron Man and seeing what it turned into... It was amazing. And being involved in the apparel side pretty much every step of the way, mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of bittersweet to, to watch it in uh, at the VIP theater to see, see the ending. But I think the next 20 years is going to be just as epic, if not better. I mean, the storytelling is going to get deeper. The characters are going to get deeper. Um, you know, I think that uh, it's obviously when one door closes, another one opens, and we'll see what comes next.
0: Yeah, Fantastic Four and X Men.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, that they're, would be really. They're cool. back in the fold now. So. so
1: how do they do that now? Because wasn't uh, Captain America? Wasn't he the Human Torch in the uh, Fantastic Four? Yeah, but Captain America's
0: he's he's ninety eight years old now. So it make <laughs> <laughs> just you, you just do a complete reboot, and remember, we've got alternate universes right now. So. Right. Right. In an alternate universe, or uh, what do they call the multiverse? You yeah. could have a Captain America as the Human Torch. Who knows? I'm sure that that uh, Disney will figure it out just fine without me. Yes, they can <laughs>
1: live in the upside down. Right? When does season three of uh, Stranger Things come
0: out? It's got to be coming out this um, this Halloween around there, anyway. Um... I don't know. Easy. <laughs> I'm
1: just. I don't mean to throw you off. Come on, let's go. What's your next question? Next question is. Hold on. I was looking for uh, Stranger Things. I was. July fourth.
0: July the fourth. Yeah. Oh, summer. That's interesting. Oh, and on July the fourth. So it's going to be, so yeah, I actually already asked you the other, the last two questions, which was, do you have any great stories? You've already told me a bunch of great stories, but do you have anything else off the top of your head that's absolutely fantastic, deals with specific property or company, not a specific company, but
1: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I I'm. mean, listen, I think that, um, after selling my business, And taking a couple years off, uh, getting really into leadership and personal growth and going through that whole John Maxwell team experience, becoming a certified speaker, trainer, and coach, I think equipped me in a different way to approach this business going forward. Um, I mean, the first... 20-plus years, really, it was about me trying to make a name in the business. And although I didn't make it about me, it just felt like it was about me. And now having this higher awareness about other people and valuing people, I see that the, the most value that I can add on this industry while building another business is to empower other people and teach other people, listen to other people, and help them realize their dreams you you never know what property is going to hit and that is a lot of fun when you get one that's a runner uh from i mean the storytelling business i can sit here all day and tell you stories but i don't want to bore i don't want to bore everybody Uh, i think we're going to have on a lot of great guests who uh, have even better stories than we've got and uh, it's our job to extract all this wonderful content and information out of them to share them with our viewers. And uh, we're committed to making this the best licensing podcast that the licensing industry has ever seen.
0: Outstanding. Well, I mean, I could sit here and ask you questions all day, but believe it or not, our time is just about up.
1: All right. So
0: <laughs> I think this was a great first podcast. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you for our next one as well. Um, we're still bending about who we're going to be interviewing, but... Um, But we have a list of 12. We're just trying to narrow it down to the top three, right? Yes. Right. But then we're going to have to go for the next ones as well. Yeah. So anyway, we've got Licensing Expo next week, and that's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll move on from there. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. And I will see you next week.
1: I can't wait till we produce our 100th podcast.
0: (laughs) That'll be fun. All right. We'll have a party. Thanks, Mark. Take care, brother. All right. That's a wrap. Our very first podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening. You can reach us on Apple Music, Podbean, Google Play Music, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And please be sure to tune in every week for a new episode and hopefully more often. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Bye-bye.